0: Welcome to the Dutch Podcast, where integrative medicine providers and patients can learn about hormones and explore the body's most complex communication system. I'm your host, Dr. Jacqueline Smeaton, Chief Medical Officer for Dutch. In this season of the Dutch Podcast, you'll hear from some of the brightest minds in integrative healthcare as we share new perspectives on hormones and challenge a few common misconceptions you might have heard in some circles. We'll bring you cutting-edge education ranging from beginner level to advanced, along with the validated research to back it up. Be prepared to think differently and deepen your understanding of how functional hormone testing can profoundly change the lives of patients. The education continues when you become a registered Dutch provider. Sign up today to gain access to the vast educational resources that are available, including the Mastering Functional Hormones Testing Course and the Dutch Interpretive Guide. These resources are available for free when you register for an account. So visit dutchtest.com providers to get started today and take the first step to becoming a hormone expert. Welcome to this week's episode of the Dutch podcast. You are really lucky to be joined today by Dr. Lauren Young. Uh, Dr. Young is a naturopathic physician, but she works very closely with conventional providers and it gives her a really unique perspective on this topic that we're going to cover today, which is breast health.
1: And so breast health is definitely one that can get very neglected. We screen for cancer aggressively. And then after that, it's kind of up in the air. They don't have a lot of tools. And so that's where we really shine as naturopathic
0: physicians. If you look at how doctors are supposed to work up something like breast pain, which by the way, I learned 44% of women or more than that experience breast pain. So it's something that happens very frequently, but basically. The system will say, rule out breast cancer, and then if it's not breast cancer, just reassure the patient that they're fine. But if you're one of those women who've suffered with breast pain, you know that that's not fine. Uh, Dr. Young's going to break it down for us. Talk about all the things that can lead to breast pain in women.
1: Beyond a little bit of like fullness in your breast tissue, it shouldn't be painful. And so two thirds of breast pain can present like that. The other third is typically like unilateral, um, and it doesn't follow your cycle, it's on, so it's on one breast. And that can be from dietary
0: things, inflammation, caffeine. And then most importantly, share some of the tips and lifestyle tricks and supplements that can actually help you find hormonal balance and feel better. I don't want to wait any longer to get started. Let's get going. Dr. Lauren Young studied health psychology at the University of Connecticut and was involved in research on cardiovascular health at Yukon Medical Center. She then received her doctorate in naturopathic medicine from the University of Bridgeport. Dr. Young has worked in many integrative settings, from acupuncture for detox at Lincoln Memorial Hospital to providing naturopathic care at Yale's affiliated Griffin Hospital. She's worked in integrative settings, side-by-side gastroenterologists and other specialists, offering evidence-based natural medicine to enhance conventional treatment, and support the body's natural ability to heal. Dr. Young's multi-specialty clinic is in Manchester, Connecticut. However, she lectures extensively throughout New England in both public and professional settings and writes for public and professional journals. She regularly lectures on functional cardiology to physicians and has participated in Schwartz Grand Rounds for her work with oncology patients. Dr. Young is also clinical faculty for the residency program at Manchester Hospital teaching conventional physicians the importance of natural medicine for the University of New England. And in 2018, Dr. Young became the first naturopathic physician to have privileges at Manchester Memorial Hospital, where she provides inpatient care. Dr. Young, we are so lucky to have you with us today. Welcome to the Dutch Podcast. Thank
1: you so much. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, we're really excited to have you. And about a really important topic uh, for women, and probably one that we don't speak enough about, which is breast health. Yeah, I'd love to start by learning, like, how did you become interested in helping women with breast health?
1: So I first found the importance of breast health when I was in naturopathic medical school. My best friend had got diagnosed with breast cancer. And so I watched her go through the whole process, which um, um, was very intense, right? There's so much that naturopathic medicine offers for that process. So staying empowered and, and, fi- and being able to find your ability to navigate all of that while taking care of your body um, otherwise, managing the side effects of the treatments and everything. Um, one of the things with oncology that's interesting is there, as a field, it's amazing at disseminating the latest protocols to patients very um, well. But by doing that, they take away the focus on the individual. And a lot of times these patients, including my best friend, really didn't feel as empowered or educated. So that's where this medicine can come in and really be um, a powerful tool. Um, I'm really passionate about the idea of locus of control. Like where do you see the perceiving power in your life? And they've shown throughout lots of different studies, health conditions across the board, if you're feeling empowered about your health, your you know, you're going to have a better outcome. And so for breast cancer, that's an incredibly important one for me. So then, you know, translated that into jumping into practice. Um, you know, I'm an ND that's very much involved in the conventional medical world. And there's, um, there's a lot of things that slip through the cracks when we don't have the tools conventionally, It kind of gets like dismissed. And so breast health is definitely one that can get very neglected. We screen for cancer aggressively. And then after that, it's, kind of up in the air, they don't have a lot of tools. And so that's where we really shine as naturopathic physicians is we have so many tools and so much that we can bring to this whole picture. I, I think the biggest one I think is, is is breast pain. I just see that being a thing that slips through the cracks on a regular basis, um, you know, preparing for this and like really reflecting on my practice, you see a lot of women with breast pain, one study validated it was like half the women um, in the study, it was over, um, I think it was around 1800 women Half of them had breast pain and um, that's a lot of women, you know, that are having this and there's no one really addressing it, you know, and the study showed that like they were reporting 41% of them, it was impacting their sexual health, 35% of them, it was impacting their sleep, 27% said it was impacting their physical activity, their social activity and school activity and then 10% of these women said they've had this over half their life and so... These women are kind of wow. not being addressed and not being taken care of from the conventional model.
0: Yeah, I see that a lot in women's health, actually, where we have disease states that we care a lot about, like breast cancer, like you've highlighted. But then there are inconvenient symptoms that women experience cyclically or over and over, and they either get thrown a pill, like a oral contraceptive, or they get told, like, oh, that's normal, you know, painful menses, painful breasts heavy bleeding, spotting, irregularity, no, it doesn't really need treatment, you know? And, and I think that that fails to, to really recognize the impact that these things have on a woman's life. And I, maybe it's because the conventional medical model isn't looking for the optimal health. It really is screening for the presence of disease. And so we see the women where that's not enough, you know? And I love that. I love that population of patients too.
1: For sure. You know, I preparing for this and also just reflecting on some of the cases I had like just gone through um, up to date is right. One of the like gold standards for um, primary care and OBGYNs to kind of go to for their resource. So um, when I'm working with the residents, um, the family medicine program or anyone else who's rotating through, that's like the go look it up and up to date and come back to me. So the algorithm for working up breast health is rule out cancer and then literally it's like as little as possible and 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 it's yeah at the end it says like literally the quote is after obtaining normal findings reassurance is often all that's required so all you have to do is going it's not cancer and that's all you have to do to trust breast pain that's kind of that's kind of horrific right yeah but the reason for it is if you keep going through up to date the options are Oral uh, contraceptives give more hormones to control it, suppress your own hormone function and give more hormones, adjust the hormones you're giving somebody, um, analgesics, over-the-counter analgesics, or then the the next step after that is tamoxifen. Those are the, the tools you're given as a conventional doctor to treat breast pain. So if those are your tools, I would see where like you'd be like I don't want to use any of these. So right. It's not cancer, you know, and that's all you have. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but, and 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 yet a lot of women like literally are suffering. If you think about some of the impacts that you just mentioned, you know, discomfort with exercise, of course, cuz like putting on a sports bra and moving your body when you're in pain would be terrible. Interfering with sexual function. Well, that's a major part of women's long-term health and happiness, you know, to be able to be themselves and express that sexually in a relationship. And, you know, so, so many impacts on your life, it seems ridiculous to not think about how we might address that.
1: And our breasts, exactly. And our breasts are trying to tell us something. If they're hurting, something's out of balance, right? And we have to like respond to that. Um, And so there's, you know, different ways that breast pain can present. It can present cyclically with our cycle, right? And that's definitely a, a red flag that there's a hormone component to it, right? And um, even the fact that, you know, we used to call it back in the day, fibrocystic breast disease, and now mm-hmm. they've said drop off the word disease. It's not a disease, it's pretty normal. Just just call it fibrocystic breast. You've got those, that's normal. Um, but, you know, is it normal to have pain like that? A little bit of discomfort right before your cycle, maybe, but, um, and that's because, again, the, the hormones are kind of fluctuating and um, getting your body ready in case it wanted to, um, you know, have a pregnancy or not, and like, the, or or it's going into its next cycle. But beyond a, a little bit of like fullness in your breast tissue, it shouldn't be painful. And so, mm-hmm. two thirds of breast pain can present like that. The other third is typically like unilateral, um, and it doesn't follow your cycle. It's on, so it's on one breast, and that can be from dietary things, inflammation, caffeine. Um, a lot of women with who are on um, birth control or any kind of hormone replacement can re- uh, like a third, up to a third in one study found that they are having some kind of breast pain on one side like that. Um, or there's structural things that can happen that should be looked at. Like if your um, ligaments are getting strained, specifically the Cooper ligament, like those are things that we could look at structurally and address so that you so you can exercise and enjoy your sex life mm. and feel good about your body. Um, and so, you know in conventional medicine, they're ruling out the infection, they're ruling out inflammation, like mastitis, things like that, ruling out cancer, and then they're left um, not addressing these other aspects of things and not listening to our breasts and trying to figure out what they're trying to tell us.
0: Hmm. So can you share with us a little bit about, let's, I think the with the hormonal piece being the largest, you know, etiological factor for breast pain, tell hmm. me a little bit about what's going on hormonally that leads to breast pain for many women?
1: Sure. So with any kind of imbalance, we're thinking there's either an excess or a deficiency and or both. Right. And so we've got some major players going on. um, In there's obviously your estrogen, your progesterone, Um, And so typically, if you are not detoxing your hormones well, you could have an excess of specifically estrogen is a common one for breast pain. Um, Or you could have a deficiency if you're really run ragged and your body is prioritizing dealing with stress, it may deplete your progesterone. And so then that's going to translate into a progesterone deficiency, which could essentially make a functional estrogen dominant situation. And in that situation, when there's that imbalance, um, you're more prone to having breast pain and a lot of other imbalances in your body, but breasts are definitely one of the things that are going to be telling you that. Um, other things that can play a role, um, if your sugar is out of um, balance um, and you have any kind of dysglycemia or prediabetes or even diabetes, you're going to be more prone to breast pain as well. There was actually a really interesting study using metformin, um, which is a medication that helps with insulin resistance to reduce breast pain. And so that was a really exciting thing. Yeah, that's a really pretty yeah. cool one, right? Because that's, that's, you know, the conventional medicine model getting creative on how to address this because this is a, a, um, a black hole for them right now. So yeah, so addressing your blood sugar can also really help with that. Um, and one thing that's often throws off blood sugar is our stress hormones, um, cortisol being one of the main ones um, that... So if our stress is off, our blood sugar getting thrown off, if our stress is off, it's going to throw off our estrogen and our progesterone, you can see where this all goes, right? It snowballs mm-hmm. in a direction, but, you know, realistically, like they all can look very similar when it comes to breast pain, which is why it's so lovely to be able to test and look at in, you know, in your cycle, we know where you're supposed to be certain times of the month. Let's get a snip of what that looks like. And see where your estrogen is in relation to your progesterone, look at what your cortisol looks like and um, all the metabolites around those and and see where we need to find some imbalances there. Is it too much? Is it too little? Where do we need to adjust?
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And those imbalances are so common. So that lab mm-hmm. testing piece is probably really important to make sure that you're discerning exactly what's going on. Like I know another time for, for breast pain for a lot of women is early pregnancy when you have progesterone really surging um and that can cause breast pain as well so you really there can be so many different flavors let's say of the hormonal imbalance that would lead to breast pain for women that you know understanding what that looks like is mm-hmm. definitely the first step at least from that integrative perspective because helping women retain balance or regain balance is going to be the approach we want to take to help them get better i imagine
1: Absolutely. And you know, I think that, uh, again, it's addressing the imbalance that's presenting as breast pain, but that imbalance is going to translate in other places in your body. And so I think it's one of those things where you're like, oh, my, you know, my breast pain is only like a week before my period. And then after that, I'm okay. So I just Mm. take Advil that week. And you're like, no, 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 because your body's telling you something. It's saying that there's an imbalance here. And if we get ahead of it now, your bones are going to be happier the rest of your body is going to be healthier in a lot of ways, you know, and there's some kind of another really common ones are, um, uh nutrient deficiencies can also really drive things or other hormone imbalances. Um, I, you know, there's a um, breast surgeon I like working with and, you know, if, she, if she's seeing fibrocystic breasts or breast pain, she'll often refer to us and she'll have already started people on evening primrose oil. Because that's a that's because she's hip like that, right? And so, mm-hmm. but then they'll say I started that and it didn't help. Well, there's actually some research showing that if you're low in iron and um, not just iron proper, but even your ferritin levels, the iron stores in your body, or if you're hypothyroid, if your like thyroid isn't optimal, those can make it so that you're not going to respond to the evening primrose oil as well. Um, and it was a cool study validating that like you know you need all of these pieces. You can't just take a pill over the counter, that's like a supplement for breast pain or to, for breast health and have it address what's going on with you. It may be a couple different components to it.
0: Absolutely. And with iron, I just came across a study that showed that amongst teenage girls, um, about 25% are iron deficient when they look at like U.S. survey data. And it doesn't, it's not only due to menstrual loss because 25% of those teenagers had are like pre-menarche. So Um, it's really, you know, starts with that nutrition early on to kind of set you up for success hormonally.
1: Later, I would say, yeah, I would say that
0: iron is probably the number one, that iron and vitamin
1: D are the two major deficiencies we see in our practice, a Mm -hmm. lot of iron deficiency. And, you know, it is hard once you, if, if you do have a heavy cycle and you are menstruating regularly, like to get ahead of that low iron too. And so even hematologists will get pretty proactive and consider iron infusions if people get really low, because it's so important for so many aspects. But um, hormone balance is one of them for sure, Um, Mm -hmm. which is cruel, right? If you're already having an imbalanced cycle and and you're having all this stuff and you're low in iron, it's hard to get ahead, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, With iron, it's tricky because you know, obviously when you bleed, when you have a, a period, you're losing blood. So you're losing iron. However, low iron causes you to bleed even heavier. Mm-hmm. A lot of women don't know that, but heavy bleeding is often due to anemia. So it, it like exacerbates it, makes it so much worse. Like you said, it's really hard to get ahead of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can catch it quickly in the beginning where you're noticing breast pain, but your cycles aren't quite as off and like you, the sooner you catch this stuff, the sooner you get proactive the easier it is to create balance for your body.
0: So when talking about kind of how you'd work up a female with breast pain, you've talked about hormonal workup. You've mm-hmm. talked about some key nutrients that you'd want to test for. Is there anything else that you'd be wanting to take a look at?
1: Um, I mean, it depends on how deep of a diet we want to do and how, how off things are. I mean, obviously, we're taking a good history with every one of our patients, right? As naturopaths, we want to know about their sleep, their stress, their diet, Caffeine and alcohol dramatically impact breast um, health, so that's a key component. Genetic predisposition, because it's interesting how, um, you know, breast pain definitely, there's like, you know, my mom had this too, it's just a thing I have kind of thing. Um, You could even do a deeper dive into um, how your um, liver metabolizes um, certain hormones. Um, You could certainly go into that route of things. Um, I usually do that after a first pass of looking at nutrient levels, specifically also beyond iron, which we both love. uh, B vitamins, magnesium is a huge one as well. Um, I would say magnesium is probably up there in the top three deficiencies I see. Mm -hmm. So you're really looking at all of those aspects and um, and, you know, typically blood work and hormone testing are my two favorites, but looking at The different um, ways that your liver can metabolize hormones can also be a really helpful component to looking at making sure that you're clearing your hormones. well. So let's say we test and your hormones are high. What are we going to do about it, right? Like we need to know why they're high. Is it because you're, uh, you know, microwaving some stuff in plastic and getting exposed to extra estrogens? And even if you're not microwaving stuff in plastic you're getting exposed to extra exogenous mm-hmm. estrogens. Oh, yeah. that are, So that could be throwing you off. Um, but also some people are just predisposed to not clearing their hormones as well. And so we want to understand that and then address it again, getting ahead of it before it becomes something even more severe
0: than breast pain. Yeah, that's something we're really passionate about. In fact, if you are more curious about estrogen detoxification, We have lots of podcasts and resources on that, so you can check prior seasons because there is so much involved in it, like you said, in the liver, uh, but also the gut health. You know, your microbiome and your diet can actually play a role too. In fact, some of the things that I've seen for breast pain are like lignans in -hmm. flax and like things that actually are paired. It's like fatty acids plus fiber, which a big piece of fiber's job is to kind of bind things in the gut and take them out. And we know that increasing fiber Mm -hmm. can help to increase estrogen excretion, like really improve that. So there's so much tie in with overall health, which it's always funny to me when we talk about very specific conditions like breast pain, because I feel like the solutions just always the same. It's like eat really well, get enough sleep, you know, movement, stress management, balance your blood sugar you mentioned. So, you know, if, if it's like a word to the wise, you know, that healthy living thing really does play a role in
1: health. It does, you know, and I, it goes back to that. I love the the classic for a monk trees is right as well, right? Like, so if you're the, for people who aren't familiar with that, the urination, defecation, perspiration, respiration, right? So we have to make sure that we're able to clear stuff from our body and it's got to leave through one of four means, either, um, kidneys, uh, stool, um, breath, um, or sweat. And so making sure we're doing all of those, most of us are breathing the top third of our lungs. And that's about it. We're all breathing in our neck. Um, where, you know, a lot of people have GI issues so constipation, and then we're reabsorbing a lot of these hormones that we're trying to detox out of our body. So yeah, I'm a big fan of just like going back to basics. Um, but you know, there's a, like, there's a lot of refinement to it. And that's why it's great to work with somebody to kind of have an outside perspective on like, what's going on, you know, what pieces do I need to drill down on? And, you know, Holistic but realistic. We all have, you know, things in our life. It's hard to balance everything, right? We're just, Mm -hmm. you know. So I think that it's it's helpful to kind of pick a few choice things and get some wins from that, you know.
0: Yeah, there's a great resource if you're a practitioner listening, or if you're a patient want to do this for yourself. Um, It's from Duke University's Integrative Medical Center, and they created. Gosh, I'm not gonna be able to think of the name of it. Um, But it's essentially like a self-assessment of all these key areas of health, sleep, your, um, you know, family structure, your social support, how satisfied you are professionally, your nutrition intake, whether you go for routine um, health preventive exams—it covers everything. There's probably 15 sections, and I actually do that with all of my patients as part of my intake paperwork now. And what I ask them to do is like rate themselves on a scale of one to ten, and then. Um, I write down below, I leave a space to say, tell me what ideal looks like to you. And so, oh, spirituality. I mean, it has everything in it. I think it's called the wheel of health. But it's really interesting. And I like that because you're totally right. You can't do everything and you can't be perfect. So it's a nice way to see where do you score yourself high that you might be able to leave alone for a little while? And what are those areas where you score yourself low, where there might be a real big opportunity to improve? Or... I always like to look at the areas where patients are very specific about what success looks like because it tells me they've really thought about that. And I'll usually pick one thing to work on. And then once that patient gets really good at it, you add the next thing. And it's like habit stacking. We talk a lot about habit stacking. And that's Mm -hmm. how you can kind of make things feel easier by focusing just on one thing until it doesn't feel like effort. And then you add the next one. And and a lot of the success we get clinically comes from that. For sure. For sure.
1: For sure. I love that assessment thing and then having someone look at it, too, because um, one of the things you realize when you're doing hormone testing and you see your cortisol levels, too, is that concept of allostasis, where Mm. you didn't even realize how stressed your body is because it's kind of like, you know, um, people in the desert are able to smell water because there's not as much water around. So that moisture has a smell to it. But with most of us being close to lakes, rivers or oceans we don't really smell water. We're just Mm. used to it. And so all of us are swimming in a level of stress that we don't even necessarily see objectively. So being able to assess it either um, like in a lab test or just clinically talking to someone and going, oh yeah, I guess that is a long day or, oh yeah, that is something that's burdening me. And then realizing that that's
0: something that you can work on is really helpful as well. Definitely. Yeah. And keeping in mind that even good things are yeah. can be stressors, like planning a wedding. It's not something that's negative, but it's busy and there's a lot to do and a lot to think about. And we call that you stress, where it's like good things that still trigger the stress response in the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. And I think you're totally right. Most of us are like little frogs in the pot of water where the temperature goes up just a degree at a time and we don't even realize how hot it is. I'm I'll raise my hand to that one as being guilty. I'm sure you too. Like anyone in clinical practice. Oh yeah. You know, your day gets jug- away from you.
1: Juggling the life and then you got to get the dog to the vet and whatever else, you know, it's, it's um, and it's all good. Like you said, our lives are full and abundant, but it's, it can be a, a thing for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um,
0: so can you tell me a little bit about, if we pull it back to breast pain, you know, what are the lifestyle suggestions that you'd recommend for people if they're struggling with breast pain? Clearly we've made it clear you should see a practitioner that's a naturopathic doctor or functional medicine doctor who can really assess what your root causes. But you've mentioned a couple of things that seem like they could be relevant to a wide majority of females.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, um, diet wise, making sure you're getting lots of cruciferous vegetables is a nice, easy one. And um, because again, that's going to help with detox and that's kind of low hanging fruit. Um, I really do um love evening promo oil, I made a reference to, or black uh, currant oil. Basically, these, um, these oils have um, a essential fatty acid, basically fats that our body can't make we have to get from our diet. And the one specific one is GLA or gamma linoleic acid, which is really beneficial at like reducing inflammation and um, has an affinity for helping kind of like balance out a lot of hormonal stuff. Um so beyond just breast pain it can help with a lot of different um hormonal imbalance symptoms. So that's another one that's like really pretty innocuous as a supplement goes and at the same time can have like a lot of bang for its buck. Um the other thing I would say that's like not a supplement but is something to consider is like addressing the structural component of breasts if you have Larger breasts or if you're having back pain, making sure you're seeing someone to address that piece of things, um, building your core and strengthening if that's something that needs to happen. Um, understanding lymphatic massage for breast tissue, that's a that's, thats busy area for lymphatics and making sure that's being addressed. And then supportive garments, like making sure you have a bra that's allowing everything to kind of... Um, drain the way it needs to and move the way it needs to. And yet is really supportive. It's kind of crazy. But for breast pain, a bra is really a a good bra can make a big difference for women. So simple, low hanging fruit, that should also be one of them for sure.
0: Um, That's a really important to think of that structural piece can be so critical. I'm glad that you brought that up.
1: Yeah, you know, we get so into the biochemistry and the nuances. Right. And then all of a sudden you look back and you're like, right, right, right. Stop wearing that underwire, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, I as far as other supplements go, um, you know, every kind of deficiency um, or imbalance kind of has a presentation. So I'm a big fan of magnesium because it's going to help with estrogen. It's going to help with stress response and sleep. Uh, muscle relaxation, so it can hit, it can hit a, a myriad of um, concerns all at once. So if you are that already that like tired, wired, and you're having a muscle tension, you're not sleeping well. This magnesium magnesium's a great win for that as well. Um, I mean, I feel like Vitax Chase Berry is one of my top faves. How about you?
0: I love it. I, I mean, I use that a lot because it really. That's I think about it more as a HPO axis. Yeah adaptogen. So what I mean by that is like the brain communicates with the ovary. So it's hypothalamus and pituitary in the brain. The ovaries produce estrogen, progesterone, et cetera, in cycling females. And it really just helps improve the communication between them. Some people thought it it had a um, progesterone-like effect, but it doesn't. It just really, it gets the wires more. It's like going from old cable to fiber optic is what I tell my patients. And I do find that when... There is hormonal imbalance. Oftentimes I'll use Vitex before I run testing or as I run testing. It's like, I want you to run this testing and then I want you to start the Vitex. And then we can, you know, take more specific action when you come back. And it, I would say 40 to 50% of females are at least partially improved on the Vitex, which is amazing.
1: Uh, yeah, I think, and I think I like how you framed it too, because it, it is, it does take a little while because you know, there's so many things that Mess up our communication between our pituitary and our ovaries, right? And so this just like enhancing that communication does take a little more time, but it's also more lasting once we've gotten the communication happening again. And mm. history of being on oral contraceptives, stressors, other things that are have like you end up on prednisone because you got into too much poison ivy, which happens to me on the regular. <laughs> so like those type of things will throw off all that communication, and Vitex just keeps that that connection there so that. You know, your body can have that natural wisdom and rhythm to it. And I, so I'm a big fan of Vitex. I just usually give women the expectation that it will take a little bit to work, but it's also teaching your body to do it itself, which mm-hmm. is really essentially the big piece of all of this with functional medicine, right? It's like helping your body help itself and just looking at what needs a little nudge in the right direction versus an oral contraceptive or tamoxifen to control your breast pain, which seems so taking all the power away from the woman. And we go back to that low of control, empowering the body and empowering the person to be able to do it themselves.
0: Well, I'm really grateful for you talking about this topic because I think it's something that we don't really speak to enough. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked to hear the statistic you shared that it was like over 40% of women suffer with breast pain. So it's clearly something that we should be maybe proactively asking about and talking about because if our patient's have been told this is just a normal part of being a female, they might not even be bringing it up to us in practice. But it seems like something that we really should be addressing as an important sign of underlying hormonal imbalance. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, How can listeners learn more about you and your clinic or be able to kind of get in touch with you if they want to learn more?
1: Um, So yeah, so my website is ctnaturalhealth.com and um, that's my clinic and we'll have musings, blog posts, lectures, that kind of stuff on there. And we actually launched this past year, my team and I, um, a podcast ourselves called Your Health Toolkit. Um, And it's basically me and two of the colleagues in my office musing on a different topic. But I will say that um, the breast surgeon I referenced and I and one of my other uh, clinicians are going to do a topic um, just talking about um, breast health in a few, probably we're recording it in a few weeks. So, um, so yeah, that's a fun podcast to check out as well.
0: Well, thank you, Dr. Young. It's been so great to talk about breast health with you today. And, you know, I learned a lot, you know, especially thinking about how many women are affected by breast pain. You know, it's obviously something that we all need to make sure we know more about. So thanks for being here. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I do want to share that you're going to be our guest this month on our professional webinar, um, which takes place October 18th at noon Pacific. And you'll be speaking on a similar topic on breast health, including a little bit more on breast cancer. Um, but we're really looking forward to that. So if you want to learn more or you want to hear more from Dr. Young, I encourage you to visit duthtest.com um, and you can join you know, as a practitioner and get access to that webinar. If you're listening to this after October 18th. Um, we also do keep those recordings available to send out um, upon request. So make sure that you check it out. Thanks again, Dr. Young, for joining us. Thank you. We are so glad you joined us today for this in-depth conversation. If you want to learn how Dutch testing can help you profoundly change your patient's lives, visit us at dutchtest.com slash providers. There, you can become a provider and gain access to exclusive hormone education like our new Dutch interpretive guide and the Mastering Functional Hormones Testing Course, a self-paced online course designed to help you become a hormone expert. If you enjoy listening to the Dutch podcast, please help us spread the word by commenting and sharing the show on your favorite streaming app. Also stay connected with us by following at Dutch Test on Instagram and Facebook, where you'll find even more news, education, and provider resources. Thank you again for joining us today. Come back next week for more.